Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. Find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Welcome back to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark and Kim, and every week we join you to discuss what is going on in the world of wine. How are you, Kim? <laughs> well, Mark, how are I you? This has been, been a little bit of a crazy time. We've now, uh, now we're all geared up to uh, record our show remotely, you at your spot, me at mine. Yeah, crazy, crazy things going on, Kim, and good to be back talking wine with you and talking with our listeners and Hoping everybody is well. It's uh, sure been crazy. It's uh, let's talk some wine and what's going on in the world with all this craziness. Well, it's good to be talking about wine again. I know we've all we've all really missed it. You've been working hard. I've been trying to just you know keep myself mentally together. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of people are in the same boat. I mean, let's update the listeners, Kim. So I'm in the retail world and the wine world and. You were in the restaurant industry, so mm -hmm. update the listeners, Kim, how this has all impacted your life right now. So restaurants, as most people know, have been heavily, heavily impacted by the COVID situation. Um, personally, my restaurant group that I work for made uh, the decision fairly early on, uh, even before the governor's, uh, governor shut down most businesses in the state of Massachusetts, that we were going to close down. Uh, so Legal Seafoods has suspended operation and it's been a few weeks now. So um, our ownership decided not to do even any takeout uh, or any delivery or anything. So all uh, about 3,000 employees of us have been um, temporarily put on furlough. So none of the restaurants are in operation at the moment. And oh, Kim, not every restaurant made that decision, but our restaurant group did. So legals is multi-states, right? Is it across the board, Correct. all the states are shut down? Yes, it's all of wow. our restaurants. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's huge. And, you, and yeah. you made the decision long ago, you said no takeout. So no income is coming in right now for legals. Correct. Wow, that's, yeah, so that's huge. I that's mean, kind it's of tough. so sad what's going on with restaurants. Um, you, you're hearing a lot of local stories. You wonder how a lot of the smaller people will get through it. It's, right. it's crazy. And yeah. of course, there's a major wine impact. Uh, you, you're educating and, and selling the wine in the restaurant, but they did pass uh, a law now where restaurants that are open doing takeout can have wine as a takeout as long as you buy food. So right. have you heard any feedback on that? Or I haven't heard of too many people doing it, um, but I have heard you know feedback from people saying that they feel like this is a, a good idea. I really like that the rules have been lightened up a little bit to allow for restaurants to sell some grocery items, um, which I think is really a smart idea because many people don't know that the supply chain for food products 
going to restaurant places versus going to grocery stores is completely different. So if you are going to the grocery store and there's no flour in that grocery store, yet your restaurant that you ordinarily might order from has a supply chain in place where maybe the restaurant distributors have plenty of flour to sell everybody. So it's been nice to see that certain areas are allowing restaurants to, like you said, not only sell um, alcohol, you know, sell a bottle of wine with whatever your takeout is, but to be able to provide flour and yeast and sugar and vegetables and other grocery items. So I think that that was, um, you know, a relatively swift adjustment to this, uh, this new reality that we're in right now. Yeah, especially when you're hearing all this thing about shortage of, of meat lately. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's good for consumers. Let, let's talk a little bit back the wine side for, for the restaurants, Kim. There has been, because the restaurants have been closed, there has been a lot of these special wines being released to retail mm-hmm. because the, soup, the uh, restaurants are not taking them. So they're releasing them to stores so people can still get them, which... I'm kind of on the fence now about because if the restaurant still has a chance to sell them, and I don't think it's fair. And I, I did notice restaurants that are selling takeout wine, they're being very fair with the pricing. It's not like if you were dining in price for a bottle of wine. So I think that's really nice of them. And, uh, you know, for them to get income that way, I think is really a great idea. So. so what you've seen, Mark, is it more closely aligned to retail pricing or is it kind of halfway between yeah, what a regular yeah. restaurant markup would be? Yeah, usually we see two to three times retail plus some money. So now it's maybe one time, you know, it's only a few dollars more. So I think it's, and they're not really trying to sell that crazy stuff, just the everyday restaurant allocated everyday stuff. So yeah, and I I did, I did see that, you know, listings for um, wines by the bottle. And and there are a couple of places that are selling growlers of beer as well, which I was like, that's a great idea. Um, And yeah, the the variety seemed to be, you know, small and manageable. You know, it's not like a wine list of, you know, 50 different bottles, but reasonable and, you know, just an add-on to people's meals that, you know, might be something that they don't want to go out to the store and buy something, but you've got the availability and, uh, and the ability to, to get it for your, with your meal. Well, then the state allowed take home, uh, mixed drinks too. So <laughs> that, that helped. Great you know. for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. And <laughs> it's sad because we just had uh, Cinco de Mayo and I saw a huge impact that I'm sure the restaurants saw a loss in being retail. More people were not going out for that, uh, margarita. They were stocking up on tequila and definitely saw the impact on our side, how it affected restaurants for Cinco de Mayo. So, yeah. So how have things been on the retail, the retail side of things? Retail. I mean, everybody's seeing it that uh, everybody's home and they're drinking and they're with their kids and obviously there's no place to go. So uh, people are buying more wine for home. And I, I just heard from one of the distributors that even with the restaurants uh, being closed, the wholesalers themselves are up like 20, 25%. Wow. So that is a really big stat in, in the wine world. They're still selling wine and beer and liquor, even though the restaurants are not selling the volume that they're selling. So that tells you a lot of how. So you're, you're saying sales. that it's being at home all day with our children that is driving us to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have, you know, you know I don't, but uh I'm hearing that a lot from people. And not only that, I mean, it's just a tough time. People, uh, you know, they're struggling out there and we see that and it's sad. Um, 
I'm hearing a lot. You, you might have heard, Kim, two different things that are floating around. What, let me ask you, how, what did you hear is the reason liquor stores, wine stores were deemed essential businesses during all this? I had heard one, really just one little snippet saying that they needed to remain open because if people who have a drinking problem don't get their alcohol, that they could die because of it. I don't know how yeah, true yeah. or real that indeed well, flood, is. Flood the hospital system because they became ill uh, was what I heard on that. Or, and, beca- I, or because they would, uh, you know, try to eat, try to drink other types of alcohol that are more damaging to your system, like rubbing alcohol, something like right. that. Right, which goes back to the whole, you know, prohibition because mm-hmm. people, it was unsafe. But I, I think what a lot of people... I tell a lot of people is you have to understand in Massachusetts anyway, what happened when the supermarkets wanted to get beer and wine to be sold in their stores. One of the big things they said was beer and wine is essential to the food industry. So everybody said, okay, yeah, you're right. So they then got beer and wine in the supermarkets. So now this comes up and it's essential. It's looped into that food essential thing so that's so because it's been categorized by the state as an essential item it is kind of grandfathered into this program that it's an essential business that's what i truly believe because okay. if you look at the other point where it's bad for people who need it the state of pennsylvania has been shut down mm-hmm. for you know months now and i'm hearing you can't even cross the border to get to get booze and yeah. they'll, they'll stop you so the shutdown of Pennsylvania, a, that was the first legal seafoods restaurant that we closed, was our two in Pennsylvania because of the alcohol situation. And they're all state, state run. They're, it's because so, it's a state, yeah. it's a, yeah, they're all state stores. So none of our restaurants, and I think that was a week before, or maybe five days before we closed up here. Um, it was, there was like no warning at all that all of a sudden our restaurants were calling us in a panic because the state stores were closed and all of a sudden they couldn't. They couldn't get their orders. And I think that was like maybe, yeah, it was just about a week before uh, we closed down up here. Well, that's right. Because they have to get their liquor through the state. Right. Yeah. So the state just so could they you know, stay, up and shut. Could they have stayed open still selling with what they had or they had it? They couldn't. I mean, they could have, but they were running yeah. out really quickly, you know, uh, and especially because one of them is an airport location uh, uh, in Philly. Um, our airports, because their storage space is so much smaller, you know, they have to order on a little bit more of a regular basis and, and keep moving through product really quickly. So on the one hand, that's excellent for freshness. And, you know, we're always up to date on what we have there, but storage is a little smaller. So, you know, we don't keep a lot of backlog stuff. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. It's uh you know, I, I, I tell that story to everybody, what's, you know, what's going on in the retail. And so it's crazy. And it, it's affected both of our lives in different ways. But I think there's just a lot of other things. We could talk good things now, Kim. Something yeah. <laughs> good. We'll talk something. Find something good out of this. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and thank you for joining us today. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine, and you can find our past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes. Okay, so Kim and I are here finally talking uh, wine again, and we'd like to just update you on what's going on in this crazy 
uh, COVID-19 situation in the industry. And we talked about how it affected Kim's uh, restaurant life and my retail life. And uh, Kim, a couple of things that have been trending with all this going on. One of them I'd like to talk to you about is since we can't get together for gatherings and taste wine, one of the things that impacted my industry is no salespeople are coming around. So I can't sample wine. So I'm very deprived of my wine tasting. Uh, but they're <laughs> deprived are, with your samples too. Yeah, samples. Well, they act, luckily they're sending me bottles. To oh, home, so it's even worse now. <laughs> uh, but they, all these new trends have come up about virtual wine tastings. And I'd like to get your feedback. What do you think where people just get on Zoom calls or webinars and talk wine, taste wine? What do you think about it? So I'm wondering how logistically that would work. Um, I mean, are people being sent or being asked to go out and purchase full bottles of wine and then taste along with a leader? Or is it more, watch me drink wine on Zoom, you know? Yeah, I think I've seen it all different ways. Yeah. Wineries themselves, because they want to get the word out about their wines. They're hosting, watch, and we'll tell you about the vineyards. We'll show you what's going on. This is, this is our wine hoping that maybe you'll order it for future orders. Mm -hmm. And then there's seminars where they're saying, hey, get this uh, Sauvignon Blanc and get a nice garden salad. We're going to do a food and wine pairing, or we're going to walk you through tasting of this. So it's two different ways. And I think people were excited just to kind of take part in something. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I was thinking, Kim, when we host events in the future, when we're all together, I think it would be a great idea why don't, uh, why don't we not think of this in the past? Why can't we call up these winemakers when we're tasting their wines to Zoom them into our conference room to bring them in to talk to our guests? Like in, in your restaurant, why don't we just do that? I know like the Wahlburgers chain, I don't know if you watch that show, but the Wahlburgers Burger restaurant, they mm -hmm. put in all these monitors in their restaurants so at any time, any of the Wahlburgers can pop up and say hi. <laughs> so I'm thinking doing something like that for our future things. Because now we have these people in these uh, wine positions who are sitting home. They have, they're, they're looking for things to do. And they're saying, hey, let me do with this virtual thing with, with people that you know and talk about our wines. But sure, it's like having the winemaker right there with you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to change how we do taste things in the future because it's going to be more virtual experience. Why not have that guy who we're tasting his wine say, Hey, let me take you out in the backyard, and show you my vineyards as we're all sitting there. You know? So I, I, I like the idea, uh, but uh, the nothing's going to beat the fact that when we're in the same room and yeah. people are laughing at how we taste and stuff like that. So. But what's interesting is that, you know, this is this experience, it, this kind of unifying experience is giving us all of these new tools and uh, new things that we never knew before. Like we're all getting pretty savvy about doing Zoom calls and virtual meetings and having to adjust our mindsets to doing things more remotely like this. So, you know, using that as a springboard into what we could do in the future, I think is pretty, it's pretty smart. Yeah. And, and it could be, you know, there's, there's some talk going around that, it's also a, could be a bad thing too, because right now where people, especially in our industry on the sales side, they're working from home from so long and the sales are still good. 
So now people are thinking, why go back? <laughs> why not only why go back, but why do we need that position with all this technology nowadays? Mm, mm-hmm. Why can't I just virtually do my orders? Why can't I just right. virtually taste? You know, you send me the bottle. So that that could be a sad thing for the industry. Sure, there and, are going to be a lot of changes and consequences that I don't think we have have any ability to completely wrap our brains around right now. Right, right. And oh, on, on a side up. note on that, Kim, I saw. Uh, a few pleas from like small wineries saying, because now in, in my industry and in, in, in yours, we could tell the listeners that a lot of the smaller wineries will come to us and introduce themselves and introduce their wines because they have no one in the companies that are selling their product that really push the small guys, right? They're pushing right. the big brands. So right now what's happening in the wine world on the retail shelves the big brands are still very well represented. It's almost like, I'll give you a, a comparison. When I was doing my supermarket shopping, there was no like barbecue chips. And I said to the guy, where's the barbecue chips? And they're saying, well, we're only focusing on the big, the main chips, you know, basic chips, getting the, the big brands out there, the big products. That's what's happening with wine. The focus is getting the big brands out there because they're out there, people know it. It's not the time right now that they're pushing the little guy. So now the little guy's suffering because they're stocked up with wine. They're not being distributed. They're not being represented. So I've seen a lot of pleas like that. And, and again, in your industry at Legals, you're selling that really fine, small production wine mm-hmm. that people can't get in retail and they can't get it right now. So, and especially if it's something that's exclusive to us. And we've got, you know, right. some wines that we try to make a point of, hey, this is something that's really special to legal seafoods. So, you know, we've put a lot of thought and effort behind having certain wines that, you know, maybe go particularly well with our cuisine or that we have a particularly good relationship with the winemaker or whatnot. And yeah, now that all that stuff has been put on hold. So that's that's really hard for those relationships and for those brands and and for making that effort to, you know, our business as normal is that we really want to focus on those special things. But now what happens to those special things when, when everything else is put on hold? Yeah. You, and for the listeners, usually Kim's restaurant would say to the distributor, we want this wine, hold it for us. We're going to take it all, but you're not selling it right now. So they're sitting on it. You don't, you're not buying it right now. They're not selling it, but that winery wants to sell more and they, mm-hmm. they can if you're not giving it to your guests. So, And I'm sure we're not the only restaurant in that situation. And even places that are offering takeout are certainly not going to be putting the focus on their wine program like they usually do. Yeah, it's a, a big, big change. A lot of change is going to be coming. Uh, it's, it's just strange seeing deliveries where people just kind of dump and stuff and run in with masks. And yeah. What I'm scared change. to go in public. So Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I notice in retail, there's two different people. There's people that are totally freaked out. And there's the people that don't notice there's a difference. And, I, and I, I say to myself, you know, how can you not know or care what's going on? There's no in between. <laughs> no, no, it's one extreme or the other. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone. You can find more information about Mark at his website, franklinliquors.com, and more about myself at vinitaswineworks.com. 
You can find previous episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. So we are back. The wonderful world of wine is back. And uh, Mark and I are discussing some of the changes to our respective parts of the industry that COVID-19 has uh, brought to us, both the retail side, the restaurant side, and the wine education side. And uh, we're discussing a little bit about how wine tastings have changed, about how our personal interactions have changed, and how restaurants and retailers are dealing with our new current situation. Yeah, let's talk more about education, Kim. I know you're, you're busy with the kids. I had some free time. Did you see or take part in any wine education since you, you've been laid off? I'm afraid not. No, <laughs> I've really too busy. Been well, you have two kids. I... Focusing on, uh, I've been cooking a lot. So I've been cooking, I've been baking. Um, my, my focus has been a little bit more on our uh, food situation and organizing uh, my household. And uh, my husband is still working, thankfully. So, so we have that and the kids have been doing their schoolwork remotely and all of that good stuff. So we've been, uh, we've been doing a lot of gardening and a lot of baking and I'm teaching the kids to cook, which is wonderful. And, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to all be together, but, you know, stressful because things really are not uh, anywhere near how they usually are. Yeah. Big, yeah. big changes. Well, you're like, yours I, is different than mine. So I, yeah, I mean, I've got I had, littler kids. So yeah, I had some free time. So I, I actually saw a lot of good deals on online classes I took advantage mm. of. What, so what did you, uh, what did you participate in? I'm kind of doing too much, Kim. I, I go crazy. I, I was I was focusing on Italy because I was going to take a new Italian program that ended up being canceled mm-hmm. like just the week before yeah. this all happened. So that kind of worked out good. We weren't in like a 10-week class when it happened. So I'm still reading my Italian stuff. And then I took and finished a Cornell University uh, beer class online. And then I'm just finishing up a new UC Davis wine appreciation they call it about tasting wine tasting steps and food pairings and all these new so, certificates that can go up on your wall yeah yeah <laughs> and, and what they're doing is just offering everything at half price and if you're in the industry and you're looking for things to do and you can prove you're out of work in the industry they'll give you even a, a bigger discount so oh, wow. like the san francisco wine schools like almost 75 percent off their online stuff so it's a good time. I talked to a few people in the industry. I know a lot of people at one of my distributors, their whole staff, they said, well, you're not, going to, you're not just going to sit home. You're going to become certified wine specialists and take the exam while you're home. So they're all cracking down on that, which is, which is nice. They, mm. They're providing with that. So a lot of stuff, a lot of reading, keeping up, I guess. Yeah. Kind of getting burnt out now. Like things <laughs> haven't changed for me like they have for you. I've, I've actually yeah. become a food shopper and that never happens. We're Not getting all of our food delivered, and now we're so we've got a CSA for vegetables that's starting up in a couple of weeks, and we've got some meat being delivered, and that's all. It's all new. I'm going and buying eggs from the lady down the street. <laughs> you know, yeah. all of that. That's good. I did that with water and stuff, and I did order some wine online too. Did have you uh, noticed? They said like delivery of alcohol has gone up like. 400 percent i'm sure and um, i did take part for the first time in having wine shipped to me and uh, the whole thing about you have to sign and check your id definitely doesn't play a part uh now with everything going on but i should wine delivered to your home yes yeah first from a winery from a wine club 
Oh. And I was looking Why? for a club. <laughs> well, it, there's certain things in wine clubs that you just can't buy retail. They're yes, exclusive true. wine clubs. Uh, so I wanted to try it out, and I was in the booth with some Pinot Noirs, and that's what I ordered. I had six cool. bottles shipped. They they were quickly gone. So uh, I have to do it again. But yeah, well, take I've, got, I've got some uh, some favorite wineries in the Finger Lakes region. Maybe I should go online and see if they are doing any shipping to Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean it's a good way to support them and and get it uh, get it quick. It came mm-hmm. pretty quick. I was shocked. And it's a good time of year to have it sent. It's not too hot yet. Yes. So are you? Is your store doing shipping locally to people? We're not shipping. People? We're not. We're just doing curbside. Uh, a lot curbside of have, pickup. Yeah, curbside pickup. Yeah, we're just too too small to. Mm-hmm. Uh, to actually get anyone to do it. So, but it's very common. They say anyone who is on like uh, delivery apps, like I said, it's up 400% in, in the industry. For Everybody, alcohol. Yeah. For, for alcohol delivery. And yeah. we certainly know that that's true for groceries. And I guess it would make perfect sense that it would be for, for alcohol delivery as well. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how, you know, Massachusetts certainly is one of those states that it has been usually very strict about shipping and alcohol laws in general. And all right, so maybe things get to be a little loosened <laughs> in times of pandemic. Yeah, there's been a lot of things that there's been a lot of guidance uh, from the state as far as changes to retail, as far as uh, you can't bring your empties back. Right. And, and that, you, you know, we talk about changes in the future. People are now looking at that and saying, why have we been doing this? You know, if people think about it, when next time you walk by one of those redemption machines outside the supermarket, take a look at how, how dirty that is. And, and I remember years ago, they were in the store, and then they made them put them outside the stores. And you think about it, it is like a germ factory. Mm-hmm. We're taking back. Everybody's putting their mouths on all that stuff. So now they're thinking it's right now it's stopped, but they're thinking we should look at this in the future. And what are we going to do with all those bags of uh, empties that are sitting in our garage? Well, that's the thing. A lot of people are like, well, they're still charging. The right. Deposit, if you're charging right? five cents per can, but yeah. now we can't but redeem it. But eventually, them. I think it, it should just go to the curb and uh, be safer. You know, and they, you know, it's, it's a change I think should come. And, and the other thing they sent out notices about, well, they didn't send out a notice about, and Kim, I, I'm curious how you would handle this. There was no real guidance with everything going on, you know how when you go to a bank and it says, you know, you can't cover your face or wear a hat, it's all mm-hmm. changed, right? Think about on the retail side, people are coming in with masks and you caught them. Yeah. There was, there's no guidance for us to say, I can't require you to take your mask off and jeopardize right. you. So do I refuse to say, I have to refuse to sale if you won't identify yourself or find other ways. But there's been no guidance from the state how to handle that. Yeah, there, and I heard rumblings about that a few weeks ago from people who, you know, went into a store and were asked to present ID. And it's like, well, here's my ID, but how do you actually yeah, know that it's me? It. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't verify it. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. interesting. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I just think months back when I saw people, I, it, this is, you know, my personal observation, but I always see people with masks. I'm like, why do those people wear a mask? And a lot of times it might have been a medical thing, but now you're like, why are you not wearing a mask, uh-huh. right? It's a whole different world. And we still have to come up with when Kim would have some sort of wine theme on it, right? Like a, what, like a bottle of wine hanging out of our mouths or something. A, it's a, a little wine glass. It looks like we're taking a drink. Yeah. 
it's a good time to promote the show with a mask. We'll put the <laughs> wonderful world of wine on, right. on, on a mask somehow. But well, all my masks have honeybees on them right now. So I'm, oh. I'm in you know, need of new design masks. Oh, see, you got the custom one. I'm still just wearing the regular <laughs> medical mask. So I yeah. can throw them out. It's tough when you move it around, you know, 12 hours in the thing and Sometimes you don't realize it's on. Then when you, you start lifting stuff, uh, you notice. Mm-hmm. Makes you sweat a little more. Well, I'm glad you're being safe. Yeah. It's good to uh, catch up, Kim. And I think uh, we'll do little updates now and then, but I think we'll get back to our normal what's going on in the wine world, yeah. right? For our next there's, show. there's interesting things to talk about. You know, there's always people to talk to. Um, and I think that... We're going to need to explore what's going on in other countries as well, because every place is really reacting and responding in a different way. Um, just off the top of my head, you know, there's a lot going on in South Africa as far as not being able to even buy wine. So impacts in different places in different countries. Um, you know, it's harvest season in the southern part of the world right now. So that has an impact. Um, and, you know, it's wine growing time everywhere else. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. And, and we, we found a lot of stories we'll share with you in the, the coming weeks. And now that we're all figured out technically how to get this all done, Kim, I appreciate all your help. And uh, I want to thank uh, Pete in the station for helping us with some nice equipment. I like your new headphones. I like yours too. They make our heads look huge. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard with glasses on too. <laughs> well, it's nice to be. It's nice to be back, and glad that we're back on the air and bringing more wine information to all of you, our listeners, and uh, and we will keep you updated. Thank you for joining us on the wonderful world of wine today. We've been your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us a few other ways. We are on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. We're also on Twitter at Wine Education. You can find our past episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Or just try Googling The Wonderful World of Wine and hopefully we pop up on the first page. Everybody stay safe.